Hey, yo, what's up, you guys? How you doing? What's going on? Welcome back to the Practice Perspective Podcast, where we attempt to try to practice our perspective, but really, we're just going on a rant with a whole bunch of things in the world to just talk about. And hopefully along the lines, you get some dialogue that actually makes you practice your perspective. But anyways, this podcast here is one of the dopest of the dope, because we speak with the creator of Potato Couches, the podcast network that is helping me with my podcast and getting these things rolling and what better way than to talk to the creator and dive into the mind of Mikey. Mikey is a good man and he's a very pragmatic man and in this episode we dive into his perspective on his different types of knowledge. Um different types of knowledge that there is in the world and or different types of knowledge that's only relative to him, but he really explains it in a good way to where we could all relate. It's really good stuff. We also dive deep down into Carl Jung. I never knew his name was Jung. I mean, I was a little kid just in the psychology section, attempting to read those books. I thought it was Jung, Carl Jung, but no, it's Jung, of course, of course. Anyways, he talks about how he read the red book of his and he saw these crazy pictures of where this guy dives into the collective unconscious in a very meditative state, which is like, whoa, hey now, this looks like, or it sounds like it should be in along with the New Age section of books, which which I read in. So... That's really good stuff. It's really interesting, really intriguing, very captivating for my attention. And if you like that kind of stuff, then you're going to like this episode. Along with, what else do we speak about? We talk and brush over some things that's relative to us, and I'm sure it's relative to you guys. But moreover, what things we like to dive into, and maybe not others, I can't speak for everybody, but... The preconceived notions that we are acquainted with or conditioned with in the world. Conditioned is probably a better term and word because we are conditioned ever since we were born. You guys remember that episode? I hope you guys are paying attention. Yes, we are conditioned ever since we were born and continuously on establishing those neural connections. And so, me, my buddy over here, Mikey, we questions our preconceived notions of God and why do we call him a he and why do you think he's all good and all powerful why can't he be a fuck up or a douche and then that goes along with saying why can't it be a she why is it a he or a she anyways what if it's an it and people don't really like that because religious fanatics this is they experience cognitive dissonance because that goes against what they we're taught what they believe in because they need something to believe in to make themselves feel better. So they worship something externally that's all powerful and good and loving that's going to give them the love that they were always neglected either by their mother or father. So they point the finger and they say, don't you fucking talk about my God like this, like that. No, how dare you be blasphemous? Well, I'm saying shut the fuck up and use your brain. And how about you think about why and how you were taught The way God is. Because in the end, if you dive deep down enough, you're going to slowly realize that you are God. You are creating a reality. And you just forgot so you can have the most raw, authentic experience of this human manifestation to experience these emotions. And it's alright. It's good. It's lovely. It's tragic. Fun. Exhilarating mortifying but you shall learn you shall live and you learn I don't know I'm just crazy because ever since I was a little youngster I kind of obliviously set out a path for me to follow I remember playing with GI Joes and like you know what I think it'd be pretty cool to try to survive in the desert and and do all this military type of stuff and here I am well couple years later, but I enlisted into the Marine Corps, not realizing that I kind of established that in my little youngster days. And then, oh man, 
I fulfilled that. I fulfilled jumping out of an airplane, which of course went along with training in my military experience. But when I was a child, I mean, these were just little random but very deep desires that I had and wanted to do. And so I did it with my imagination, with my G.I. Joe's playing and just having a good time and thinking like, oh man, that'd be so cool. And then later down the line, oh my God, here I'm doing it. Of course, at that moment, I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the Marine Corps. Oh shit, I got to prepare and maybe go to war. Oh shit, I'm jumping out of an airplane, which was not even in my MOS. It was not even, I was lucky to be into that unit to have that experience. But... I established and set that while I was a child. And then here I am, a couple years later, out of the Marine Corps. I'm a veteran. And just looking back, I'm like, damn, I, I kind of set that up for myself to want to experience it. Just to say, I fucking did it. And you know what? It was fun. And so, maybe you guys have little things like that that you can recall but that's how I think we are God, that we are kind of establishing our own reality by our belief system. And we could either choose to believe in a belief system or what I think and I insinuate and assume and coming to conclusions what Hare Krishna and Yeshua Jesus Christ says, Yeshua Christo, Yeshua Krista. However you want to put them together, Yahweh, Elohim, what else? Allah, all these different terms and languages referring to the same collective, powerful, unfathomable God being. You can choose to believe something external that you were taught, or if you read the scriptures, and meditate on them more seriously, repetitively, not brush over them like me, <laughs> I'm kind of getting the notion that they're all saying to believe in yourself. And of course, you got to be careful with all the scriptures that have been manipulated across the generations to try to have more control on the people because they seem a little selfless full of fallacy person needing something to believe in and so they gave him something but anyways we talk about that in this podcast anthropomorphizing god why do we do it why do we anthropomorphize why do we personify why do we project our belief systems onto things if you don't do it i want to talk to you help me not to do it but we all do it but anyways, I hope you really like this podcast. It's good. And this is only one of many from this dude, this very smart guy. I want to take him to the deep end and have him dive into the abyss of where he has never been before. And I mean, I'm pretty sure he, he this guy, he uses more than 10% of his brain. And I want to push him a little further with being nurtured by nature of earth's medicine and show him the things that he could either clarify or he can come to terms of questioning to have that shift, have that change, to reestablish some theories and ideas that he has to have them more sharp and more precise. Because this is a smart cookie over here, this pragmatic beast. Anyways, I don't want to give up anymore, but I give you Mikey's perspective. At optimum level, testing one, two, three, three, two, one. You want to speak? Speak, sir. Testing. Should I get closer to the mic? No, that's pretty good. That's good, right? Yeah, that's good. Alright. Testing, one, testing, testing, testing. Testing. That's good, that's good. All right, Mikey, welcome to Practice Perspective Podcast. This podcast is about diving into your perspective. So tell me, your philosophy on life. Diversity. 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 Oh, man, that was good. That was good. Ricky totally froze up. He just started hyperventilating. He's like, this microphone's too big. 
But since you're an avid podcaster, I feel that you um, are quite experienced. Yeah, but it doesn't scare me. No? It does look like a robot dick, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this uh, <laughs> this blue... Um, I don't know what this... this, this I think, if I I think the robot, guy just called it blue. I would not be shy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, stop making fun of my robot dick <laughs> microphone, man. <laughs> but, um... What's up? Just working. Working, alright. Um, so give us a little bit of... A little bit of backstory of your life, going into college, the prominent things you got out of college, whether it's like academically from professors or just experience, and to where you are now. Uh, so going into college, I guess the biggest thing I got out of that was the types of knowledge that there are. There's different types of knowledge, yes. That most people don't understand. Yeah. And I got my degree in philosophy and in math and... Oh yeah, philosophy? I yeah. thought it was just math. No, math is my major, philosophy is my minor. Oh, okay, nice, nice. So I was able to see the actual difference between those types of knowledge. So awesome, I understand awesome. how that works. All right, all right. What, uh, what school did you go to? UNR, University of Nevada, Reno. Reno. Pretty good. Nice, nice, cool. nice, nice place up there. I've visited yeah. quite a few times. It's nice. But, um, Summers are good. Yeah? Yeah. Always had good summer vacations over there with you guys. Yeah. But yeah, dang, so that's actually kind of surprising to me. I, didn't, I thought it was just math, but... Nope. How's philosophy? I, I want to do that. I want to major in philosophy, too, because it's just... Philosophy's fun. I liked it. Yeah. It helped... Philosophy's really what helped me figure out that there were types of knowledge. Yeah? Because before that, I didn't know, and then just studying philosophy, it kind of clicked, and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Kind of... Yeah. You got to practice your perspective, in a way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Math is a type of philosophy, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could totally see how that is because I've always kind of since I mean in high school we're exposed to the main just algebra, geometry, really easy algebra, plug and chug geometry for me. I think it was like congruent and symmetrical in a way where you could, or half congruent where you could just manipulate some things to find whatever equation or answer you need. But uh, statistics was that with my ass. That was the whole different new language I had to get yeah, used to. And that's like different, how you were saying, different knowledge. And I guess a different uh, type of philosophy, how to express, what would you say, just things in the world with charts and graphs and on the bell curve. Yeah. yeah. It's a, f statistics is kind of the bridge between math and reality. Yeah. Because math doesn't apply to reality at all. And then statistics is there applying the math to the reality, so it gives you Stuff that might happen mathematically versus realistically in a sort of through probabilities and through certain distributions. And yeah. Like that. Yeah, just another way <coughs> of seeing things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> With charts to help. Uh, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Help the incompetent see uh, a chart rather than. Right. Being told on in a paragraph, I guess you could say. But anyways, so what else? What else? How was uh, your college life? Uh, it was fun. Just did a couple things here and there. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Went exploring. Did try to drive around stuff and see things. And some things like that. Yeah. Never did any drugs? Nope. No drugs? No. <laughs> I guess Pretty uh, boring. Never did any. <laughs> uh, no, no. No. Um, in time. In time. I remember a lot of my friends, uh, just with weed, um, a lot of my friends, like, did not smoke weed, were just so, like, against it in a way, not that they were against it, but they had no desire. Like, yeah, I'm not necessarily against it, I just don't yeah. see why. Have a desire yeah. to try it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, I drink and I smoke sometimes, yeah. and stuff like that, but tobacco, people. Yeah, yeah. Tobacco. <laughs> tobacco, tobacco, yeah. No, yeah, I'm just... And I've I'm, done a couple things, like, what's that... I can't think of the name of that Hawaiian root that you make Hawaiian that drink root? out of. Peyote? No, not peyote. I can't think of the name. Hawaiian it root. Like, yeah, it's in Hawaii. They find this root and they like squish it and it looks like mud and you drink it and it tastes like mud. And it's supposed to kind of give you like visions and stuff. Yeah? I did that with some friends in New Mexico once, but I, I didn't like, I didn't feel anything. I was no? Like, well, this just tasted like dirt water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I man. I didn't drink enough of it. No. But I can't remember. I can't think of the name of it right now. Oh, man, I did not know like, that. That's, I'm opposed to trying. Yeah, yeah. Design. No, yeah, I just brought up that question because um, 
I'm doing college late, did the whole Marine Corps, and I'm using the GI Bill, and so just realizing, like, some people in college that didn't get all the curiosity of substances out yeah. in high school they're doing in college, and um, it's just crazy how young and immature they could be. Yeah, one thing <laughs> I did, we did do at the university a lot was, aside from that, was the biggest thing was watch people just to do stuff. Yeah. Watch yeah. them not be able to do well in their classes, watch them order coffee. Like, yeah. Yeah eat their sandwich, watch them yell at their buddies when they're in a group trying to do something. Yeah. It's just funny to watch people. It is, isn't it? And see their behavior and yeah. just like how their their mind, where their mind takes them. Yeah. To have them act like that. Yeah. So you did a lot of observing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. And so your uh, wife was just telling me about how college... Or school is it's good, but it's not for everybody, and I was totally agreeing. Or it's like education and learning is like one of the best things you could do for a person. I mean, yeah, that's true, but I don't know if I'd say that learning and stuff isn't for everybody. Everybody wants to learn, stuff. yeah, yeah, they learn in different ways, but like the not like a school, yeah, school college or public school is what isn't for everyone. Okay, so let me ask you this because in high school. When I took psychology, um, there's a huge psychological debate on nature versus nurture. Right. What is your take on that? Just, just living life, just experience, not necessarily hardcore evidence, but from what you've been observing throughout the time you've been roaming around in this earth. That, I don't know, questions like that are too clear-cut. You yeah. want to have it be nature or nurture, and it's always some of both. Yeah, right? Like there's nature yeah. and there's nurture and... Maybe it's not even nature and nurture. Maybe it's just environmental stimulus or something mm -hmm. that's from your so-called nurture mm -hmm. or from the so-called nature. It's just all of it. It's too messy to be put into something as simple as nature versus nurture or yeah. good or bad or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't um, brought out uh, like just current news findings and studies of that that topic that discussion because I guess supposedly that was a huge debate on on the human psyche and of how to somewhat try to understand of how we are how our behavior is and I totally thought that too it has to be both at least it can't be just why is it one or the other yeah. you know it's just like goddamn politics why do you have to be a Democrat and not a Republican and of course that's a little more different subject. But um, you could like some conservative stuff, but still be liberal and other things. So I've always thought that too, nature and nurture, because my philosophy behind it was, all right, well, so let's just get it straight. Nature is like, we have, uh, it's like genetic, right? Nature is like- Genetic what? or things that happen to you from the Nat outside. Natural. Right. And nurture is the- like product maybe, of environment being stimulated. Right, maybe you're a child and there's a big thunderstorm and it freaks you out and you're scared of all electricity or all lightning every yeah. time you see it because you were small and you witnessed or you experienced that storm. That, that was scared. That was nurtured. That's kind of nature. Oh, that's nature. nature. Okay. Because it's out of the control of you or your parents. Nurture, to me, is anything that you are raised with, that your parents teach you. Like, they teach you, this is a stove, don't touch the fire when it's on. It'll burn you. That's nurture because you're giving they, that to yeah, your parents. Okay, yeah, they're nourishing you with knowledge and their experience right but one thing that i look at is when the child is in the womb and it can hear yeah so that's before the child's born it has ears and it can hear stuff which is why people like play mozart to the baby and mm -hmm. stuff, which yeah. is oh, whatever that's stupid but <laughs> <laughs> they can do their own thing yeah but at that point how do you separate nature and nurture is From it that. nature that the baby's growing in the mother's womb and has ears and can hear stuff or is it nurture that the mother is talking to the baby yeah. And it's all happening at the same time. It's hard to separate it at certain stages. Yeah. Have you uh, talked to Nina and her take on the crucial period from birth to five of neuroplasticity? No. Oh, well, maybe you can listen to the podcast. She gets, you get, <laughs> she gets right into that. I guess from birth to five, which kind of correlates to why you think it's stupid for the baby to be in the womb and listening to Mozart, is I guess from birth to five is the most crucial period where the brain is plastic, so it's going to have the most intake to structure whatever it's being exposed to. Right. So, I mean, just listening to any kind of music or any yeah. stimulus is going to be good enough for it to yeah. develop. It doesn't have to be Mozart because Mozart is smart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I totally understand that part. It could be anything. 
Goddamn EDM. Right, it could be you talking to it, reading it a story or something. Although I am a strong believer of a lot of hip-hop and rap nowadays are slutifying our women, being so derogatory, so I don't don't advise that. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) No, but okay, so I think we both agree on how it's both. How um, the combination of nature and nurture... um, allows the next generation to be more adaptive to learn and thrive in whatever environment they are in. Yeah. Yeah? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, we should probably put that in the world. We should blog about it, huh? We should. Yeah. Because uh, from what I learned, and this is not even from school, um, have you ever heard of cognitive dissonance? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah? Where a person uh, holds a belief system so like, their core belief system is so like a part of them where any idea or ideology that conflicts with that belief system, what fires in the brain is like a flight or flight response. I don't know specifically, but some neurons and dopamines start dumping in your brain and you get the flight or flight response. And usually it's just fight or flight because they want to, because the idea, the ideology is conflicting with their core belief system. So since it's conflicting, their brain Tells them like, oh, this like, this kind of fucking with their identity. So it's like, oh no, like get that away from me. That's that's right. not right. That's that's it's, that's just a result of a, a physiological effect. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily gonna die or anything bad's gonna happen. But it's um, it's just a, a result. And I think a lot of that keeps people in a narrow mindset. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it reminds me of this thing. I wonder what you think of this. It's kind of Carl Sagan used to have this idea that. You're not supposed to believe in your beliefs just because you want them to be true. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So what do you think Carl of that? Sagan. Yeah, Carl Sagan's my man. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, say you want it to be true that... Jesus uh, exists. That Jesus exists, or that the president is a good person. Yeah. Just because you want that to be true doesn't mean that you should believe in that. You need to take a look at everything around and make the decision as best you can. Do you think that's worth looking into oh yeah I think that's it's definitely worth looking into and I think that's just like a little bit of self-reflection because I've been realizing and just noticing that humans us humans we like to put meaning into things it can be just arbitrary we've always done it when we were a little kid we have a lucky pencil and uh and that lucky pencil is going to give us good grades or like we have like a favorite shirt or you know it just it's something arbitrary just it has no meaning it's an object but we kind of put meaning into things so I think that kind of goes along the lines with Carl saying, um, you want it to be true, but just because it's not going to be true, you shouldn't you know, beat yourself up about it, which yeah. I think a lot of people do. I know I yeah, beat myself up just with plans. When plans don't go like how I want them to go about, it's like very frustrating. Yeah, things yeah. like that. I don't know. I, I think about that, and I can't decide whether I believe that what he's saying is right or whether what he's saying is wrong, and you should want to believe in something even though everything says stuff to the contrary yeah like there will be ideas that come about from that if everyone tells you something is false but you believe in it mm-hmm. even though there's no evidence for you to believe in that ideas come from that that wouldn't normally come if you just came with the normal or if you just went with the flow of everything if you just jump on the bandwagon and say alright yeah, yeah. no okay yeah so I totally not, get what you're saying there where it's where there's a benefit and a good reason to believe in something right. Which is why I'm always saying diversity is the way to go. Yeah. Because maybe for that person it works that he can't believe in it unless there's hard proof. But then for the other person, she can believe in it even though there's no hard proof. But they yeah. come up with ideas and those ideas create this diverse, um, let's see, what's it, Carl Jung. I just like people named Carl. Carl Jung. <laughs> Carl Jung talks about this, I don't know if you've heard of it, collective unconscious, which is all the knowledge that every human has ever had in the history of humanity. Yeah. It's just like this thing that floats around somewhere. Yeah. And every brain accesses that. But generally what you do is you only have restricted access to only your segment. Mm-hmm. But what he tried to do with his research and stuff, which was kind of crazy, it was weird. He tried to access everybody else's collective unconscious. Yeah. So if somebody else knew it, he knew it because it was all part of that same collective. How would he do that? I don't know. I think he did that with magic mushrooms. He might have, but he did it with... Like hypnosis and okay. meditation, yeah. and he said he had to, he had to mold with clay while he was doing it because he would jump into the collective unconscious world 
and he had a guide. My oh, dad would man. guide him around. But if he wasn't touching something in the real world, he said he might. It would suck him in, and he would just get lost. Kind of like Inception. These crazy drawings of the stuff that he saw while he was off in the. Did he he created the Red Book. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, the, if you, those it's drawings kind of, of it's his... kind of a weird thing. If you look it up online, you'll see some of the pictures. It's kind of intense. Yeah. It draws like demons and devils and like yeah. angels and all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. Oh man, I totally got to take a look at him. Um, but yeah, uh, I could totally believe in that because that's. You know how you guys just growing up, you guys got attracted to comic books, and I got attracted to the esoteric New Age section of Barnes and Nobles. Uh, they had tons of books on that, and I guess a lot of people do that. And you could do yeah. it with the hardcore, long-term meditation, or you could do it with psychedelic drugs. Psychedelics is like a just a bridge in throughout Aubrey Marcus podcast, Corey Allen, and uh, some other uh, podcasts I listen to where they talk about their psychedelic experience. That kind of goes along with the lines of just going into a stream of consciousness. Of it's not theirs, but someone else's. Or, and people call it different things, like collective consciousness or even God. It's just, I think, different terminology to... Right. To That's, you need the diversity that. to keep that collective unconscious. Yeah. Because if everyone's thinking yeah. the same thing, there is no such thing as collective unconscious. It's just what you're thinking. Yeah. It's just the hive mind. Yeah. So yeah. you need the diversity. Diversity is key to everything. Yeah. I love diversity. That's why I'm in L.A. right now, because it's so culturally diverse, and it's just, it's crazy how humans just create different cultures to experience, and that's why I also kind of say everything's kind of arbitrary. Of course, you could be ethically, morally right and wrong based on our belief systems or whatever, whoever's belief system that you want to follow, but um, culture is weird, especially when it gets down to this, like, indigenous tribes. I think I remember hearing or reading um, there's this one indigenous tribe where we we like we like monogamy. That's what we kind of got socially conditioned to accept. And there's this tribe where all the men in the tribe go out hunting for like a week, but only one man stay back with all the women and make love to all the women. <laughs> and every time they go hunting, they kind of just swap. They switch around. They just swap out guys. They go. Billy, you said last time it's, it's Jimmy's turn now, and it's just like what? Like that's so crazy to us because we're not really exposed to that, and uh, we don't. I don't. I don't think that's socially acceptable, but that's because it's kind of conditioned in our brains of yeah. monogamy. But um, and that's one of those things with Carl Sagan too. Like, do you want to hold on to that because you want it to be true? Yeah. Or do you let go of it because it's not true, and there's no evidence to point that that's morally right? Yeah. Hmm, that's a good question. I think this is why I like the Gnostic teachings podcast. And uh, I never heard of Gnosis. I never knew there's a religion called Gnostic Christianity. But they say that um, I guess way back in the days, way back in the days when Jesus did all his preaching, a lot of people wrote about what Jesus, what he said, and his experience and. We're only showed, we only are exposed to the the King James version of the Bible. Well, there's I guess so many texts in 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 books in different Bibles on Jesus. Right, they're called like the apocryphal gospels and things like. That. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's like how come we're not more exposed to this? And um, what the Gnostic Christians said is that they didn't believe in hierarchy of like to like know God, know the Word of God, and be liberated. Um, Usually we have a pastor or a priest or archbishop or some sort of title hierarchy where they preach to us. And we could choose to believe that or not. His point of view, his word choices to help translate all this. Or you don't need that. You just follow yourself and experience it yourself. And that's what the Gnostics did. They said you're not going to truly know true knowledge uh, and wisdom unless you're going to put yourself in the situation and, and know it yourself. And so I kind of like that. And plus, the hierarchy bishops, they said, all right, no, let's exclude these texts, these scriptures of Jesus, but only include these ones. So it's like half of the story. So like, that's not right. That's like we need the whole story. We need like a very broad perspective on things. But um, I forgot where I was going with this, with the Carl, Carl Sagan. I guess, oh, yeah, so you have an option to... Uh, not believe in something and kind of go with the bandwagon and right. see those different belief systems. And I think through that experience, you're going to find out what you resonate with more versus what you 
do not like at all. Yeah. yeah. And it's a completely arbitrary thing, and yeah. you need to go with that. If you don't like it, there's a reason why you don't like it. So yeah. Don't like it. If you do like it, there's a reason why you do like it, so go on and like it. But, oh man, here's the thing. So with cognitive dissonance, at first we're not going to like it. Right. At first you're not going to like it. At first you're not going to like it. you're scared because yeah. it's going to take away your identity of some yeah. sort. And yeah. uh, I think that's why aliens haven't landed yet and showed. Because, <laughs> like, if aliens come and land down and they tell us something that goes against someone's belief system that they hold so true to their core being of existence like that could make I think someone psychologically go insane because like yeah, not I being human is a weird thing I see that a lot with people especially when their their conception of God yeah like if you want to mess with somebody who's being a crazy like intense Christian you just ask him Jesus fanatic yeah Jesus fanatic <laughs> just ask him what would you do if you found out that God was a dick <laughs> like, they if, get so mad like yeah. what, if, what if he was yeah. Your conception of God is that He's this all na- all powerful, uh, what's sort of forgiving, nice being. Yeah. yeah. What if He was a dick? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> uh, Ricky told me he's like he, I forgot where he read this from, but he's like it's just I guess an interesting perspective or idea where God is like, yeah, I don't want everybody to come to heaven, and the devil's like, what? Why not? It's like no, just I just don't want any like. Not everybody should come to heaven. And the devil's like, well, that's kind of fucked up. You should have them go to a place. He's like, you're going against my, my fucking rules? What the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah. <laughs> and just totally making God right. a dick. And it's just like, well, fine, no. It's like, well, since I'm God, I'm going to turn you horns red and scary. And right, so what if, like, he was, what if he was a, yeah. a jerk? What if, yeah. Well, how would that change your perspective? And they're so entrenched in this idea that he's a good person. Yeah. A good... I don't know. I and don't like to say person. A being. Like right, that. a yeah, being. Yeah, yeah, like he like, or... Yeah, um, I don't like to personify God. Yeah, and that's what, that's what another thing I realized. People personify and externalize um, their belief system and their, their idea of, of... I guess they anthropomorphize God. You know, they anthropomorphize. That's why I think Jesus had to come about. Right. And I don't Jesus know if it's real or fake and there's so many backstories of Jesus, but I think some high, smart priest said oh people like to personify they need something external to worship right, let's, let's put jesus on the person. ground yeah right and so well, a lot of the ways christians or even muslims and you know, anyone yeah a lot of the ways that people conceptualize the god being is in such a way that if they do ever personify their god then they are losing faith in their own religion yeah because he's just all powerful and see i just said he yeah yeah, that's God is this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-merciful being to yeah. most Christians who's going to accept everything that he sees or at least give mercy if he thinks it's a sin. But then you go and say he. So now he's a human, but yeah. I'm a human and I don't accept everything I see. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to forgive like that. So now all of a sudden you're losing your faith in this God that you created, Yeah. which... I don't know if it cheapens the religion that they're espousing to, but it undermines oh, yeah, it, it in a yeah. way that they don't even realize is happening. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. They just don't realize that's that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, God, I totally don't think he's a he or a she or anything. I think well, my concept of God is the totality of the collective consciousness. And uh, that's not really a. Yeah, I like to do that. And then being, people are like, well, what if he is a dick? It's like, well, being a dick means that it's got human emotions to it, so then it's not God. So, yeah. in your face. Yeah. If it's just a thing, it's not good or bad, it's just a thing. Yeah. So it's like a comet. It's not a good or bad comet, it's just a comet floating around in space. Yeah. It's just God doing what God does. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't wait till you start smoking weed and. Have some mushrooms trip sessions because I can tell your mind will just go deep and you're gonna get a lot of answers. Definitely a lot of answers. I have answers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess we'll say that for another time. But uh, uh, there's another thing I wanted to ask you. But I like where this podcast is going, talking about God and philosophizing. Oh, so in LA, um, you know, our we have some Christian fanatic 
uncles uh, that deals and Diaz and uh, every now and then I'll go with her every now and then I'll go with them to church and um, there's this Hindu guy uh, I don't know I'll, I don't know if I should try to be politically correct or this is no not Hindu but he was Indian but he was working and trying to be initiated to be a high priest in the Hindu religion. I'm probably brutalizing this, but I'll I'll go with along with it. But um, my favorite concept, which goes along with um, Alan Watts and some other esoteric Eastern philosophy, um, I guess the, the Hindu religion. While he was getting baptized and finishing his initiation, I guess they tell him the secret to their religion and to just like all of religion and spirituality. And uh, after he got baptized and confirming his devotion of service to be that priest in the Hindu religion, um, they said that, alright, the secret is you are God. And then that totally did not resonate with him. I guess he has some sort of cognitive dissonance there. It's like, what? No. I'm a man full of fallacy. I can't be God. And uh, so I guess he's doing a lot of work because that's when he became Christian. He saw Jesus. Like, no, okay. That's where I saw him externalizing, anthropomorphizing that God entity being. And that's how he accepted Christianity. And so he... He likes a lot of the, the, of course, the religion, the Hindu religion, how he grew up, Krishna and and um, the Bhagavad Gita and all that. But uh, he resonated more with Jesus Christ because that gave him a figure to worship and 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 see and and I guess read from the text of what he said. And uh, I'm like, why why can't why can't you be God? Yeah. <laughs> God, like I know like. Of course, we're full of fallacy, and we are preconditioned. We are, we have these preconceived notions of being a good person, being a bad person, and it's all stemming from some sort of religion like Christianity. Uh, but um, I don't know if you ever heard of Teal Swan. I really like her perspective where she says God, in a way, kind of disassembled himself into all these humans to get every type of angle of their perspective to know himself, because God doesn't even know himself. In a way, I'm probably I don't want to put words in your mouth, or but it was somewhere along like along the lines like that where God wanted to be more self-aware. So that's when he became human. But he couldn't just be two humans; he had to be all these different perspectives right. to know himself. And so that's where we come in, just being vessels of that, and we're just experiencing all the emotions and the, the traumas and the joy and the excitement that exist out there in the world. But um, or just humans anthropomorphizing and trying to search for yourself. Just God binoculars. Yeah. yeah. See through. But I really like that idea that we're God because I've noticed the belief system is so strong, you surround yourself with your belief system. And it could be something as religious as Christianity. They go to church. They surround themselves with more Christians. Or your belief system might be a gangster thug. So you want to sell drugs and rap. And so you're going to surround yourself with more gangster thugs that rap and have that same belief system to express that type of um, expression, I guess you could say. I don't know. And so that's where I saw. No, that's how I can see how we could be like God. Yeah, that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Where if God was a dick, how would you, would you be okay with that? <laughs> that's the same thing that's going on. <laughs> Instead of asking if God is a dick, you're, he's asking if God was not perfect yeah 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 if god was not perfect what is your conception of that now how does that change who you are what you believe in yeah because he couldn't accept that god was full of errors yeah but what if god is full of errors and what's wrong with being full of errors right is it bad to be full of errors why is that a bad thing are they even errors that you think are errors yeah yeah it's probably errors to some person but another person it's just like a perfect right so diversity. Wow. Yeah, diversity. It's like when you diversity look, and arbitrary. It's like when you look at diseases. Are they errors if there's all these diseases, or is it a diversity that's built into a system of genetics that helps propagate those genetics some more? So if you look at sickle cell anemia, people that have sickle cell anemia, if they have two, both of those genes for sickle cell anemia, they get pretty sick and their cells do that sickle shape and they can't 
holding mm. the oxygen and they're really sick. Yeah. But if you only have one of them, and then the other one's not, if it's like dominant, recessive or recessive, I don't remember exactly how it works, but if you only have one of the genes and the other one's not present, the shape of the cell is such that you are immune to malaria. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> so is that an error? Or is that uh, like a... a mechanism within the genetics of humanity to keep those people alive? Because malaria is a disease that has killed more humans than any other disease in the history of humans. Mm. It's speculated that malaria has killed half of anyone who's ever lived. Wow, Half really? of all humanity. Jeez. So it's a pretty destructive disease in this, yeah. to then, our species. So is But it has cell, to develop some sort of right. immune system. So is sickle cell an error? Or is it a shield against that? Yeah. Oh, man, that's... That's probably the best um, analogy of looking at errors as either errors or something beneficial. Right, and uh, we just don't see the whole picture because yeah. we can only get so far in one lifetime with genetic studies. It's not even that you have to be like God. You don't have to understand the master plan. Yeah. The master plan is anything you can see. You, the universe is out there for you to record, but humans can only record so much. So we only have a certain part of the picture that we can't see the whole thing. So we see it as an error. But really, it's not an error. It's part of the... Yeah, it's seen as a small little universe. fraction of totality. Right. It's not even having to do with God and his plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's planned. Definitely. People get mad when you call God it also. Yeah. Right? Why does it have to be a he? Right? Yeah. Guys are dicks <laughs> and dumb. <laughs> Most yep. guys are dicks and dumb, so I think God shouldn't be a he. <laughs> That's what I've noticed, too. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it's just not really... Of course, you have to take responsibility, because you know, I'm, I'm trying to speak on behalf of dumb guys. I was that dumb meathead uh, for one point in my life, and it's just, I don't know, just, I think just the environment, just like how you are saying, just you're stimulated by your environment, the people that you hang around with, and um, guys can be pretty uh, arrogant and dumb. Yep. And you know what I've noticed? We're afraid to show emotions. Are you afraid to show emotions? I don't have any emotions. You're afraid to show emotions. I don't have any emotions. Okay. So. <laughs> Next. Okay. I got to. We got to really saw your emotions now. So it's okay to cry on my podcast. Want me to cry with you? I don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> now you're experiencing cognitive dissonance. I am. It's, it's not. It's not healthy to bottle all that up. Yeah. It's one of those weird things where I should maybe cry, but I don't cry, and it's like I'm on a non-crying streak. <laughs> Kind of like I'm on a streak and not going to the doctor, so I'm going to keep that going. <laughs> man, it's doing pretty good right now. Yeah. It's doing pretty good. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So what have we covered? We talked about belief systems, God, philosophy a little bit, different types of knowledge. What, what would you say the most useful type of knowledge is that people need in the world? Faith. Faith? Faith. Oh, man. What? <laughs> what the f- <laughs> Well, you gotta, I don't even have to think about these answers. I already know. Faith. Faith. Okay. All right. So here's the yeah. Okay. You gotta walk me with this one. All right. Let's get into this. The way I saw it, this is what I figured out in college, and I haven't done much reading on it, so I don't actually know. So I just use my terms. The three types of knowledge that I found out: science, science, philosophy, philosophy, and, for lack of a better word, faith. Faith. Science. I think it's a lack of word. Yeah, lack of a better word. Right. Faith. Well, no, no, let's go back to science. science. Science is what you can record. You see something, you record it, you redo the experiment, you record it some more, you see it again. Mm-hmm. You come up with these laws to say, okay, the law of gravity says that if I drop this, it falls at this acceleration. We yeah. recorded it for hundreds of years. It's still constant. It stays true. We call it a law. Yes. Also, just to little, put a little input on that, I also like the scientific method because it kind of helps you be unbiased. Right. Yeah. I mean, it has its place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's all empirical. You have to record and observe it. Mm-hmm. Observation is key. Mm-hmm. And it's always through the senses and it's all external to your mind. Mm-hmm. Philosophy is internal to your mind. You need no input from anything to know philosophy. Think about mathematics. Mm-hmm. Think about the number four. Have you ever seen the number four? You've seen a picture of the numeral four, mm-hmm. but the actual platonic form of the number four. Has anyone ever seen that? course not no we don't know what it is it's just this abstract idea that's only existing in our mind yeah so math is a philosophy because philosophy you don't need external 
inputs. It's all in your mind. You just think it up. Mm -hmm. That's the second one. Completely and totally away from science. Those two don't cross at all. You need input and you need external entities for science. You don't need input or external entities for philosophy. It's all in your mind. Yeah. And then there's faith. And then there's faith. Because philosophy is very rigorous. Philosophy says that if this is true, these things follow through logic and all that. Mm -hmm. Mathematics and all that is all philosophy. You have to have your basic axioms for everything else to follow. And if it doesn't fit in the axioms, it's false and you you throw it away. Okay. Science, you have to have the input. You have to have those stars. You have to have the planets and you have to observe them. And if it's false, if the sun doesn't go around the earth, but the earth goes around the sun, you discard that. Mm -hmm. Faith is different. Faith is what you see and what you decide you're going to believe in at that moment. Because there's nothing in philosophy that says right now some guy's not going to bust into our little studio and gun us down. Yeah. And in science, we're not going to keep doing experiments every second to see, okay, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Yeah. You'd have to have every single second of your existence, you're going to do a new experiment to see if the guy breaks down the door and guns you down. Yeah. So there's no scientific evidence to say someone's going to break through that door and gun you down right now. That's not how science works. So you go on faith. You have faith that when you go to the store, you're not going to get in a car accident. Or you're not going to get gunned down. Or there's not going to be a nuclear explosion when you go to the ball game. You have faith that those things aren't going to happen based on your experience of other things. Mm -hmm. It's based on those, but it's completely separate from those two because it's only what you think. Yeah. Okay. Not yes. what you've experienced or established through science or established through philosophy. So that's why faith is the most useful because that's what you use when that's you That's what go. you apply. Right. And it's yeah. not that you believe in God. It's not faith like that. It's faith in the norm, the status quo. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Status quo of living. Right. And what's going to the most probable thing of happening right. throughout because your life. I also right now have faith that I'm not going to be eaten by a shark. <laughs> in the but, middle of the desert. Right, in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah. There's more scientific evidence to prove that that's going to not ever happen, but there isn't necessarily scientific evidence to say that somebody's going to have a shark tank that's going to explode in the street and then it's going to come and bite me on the way down. Yeah. Yeah, well, you never know. It's a crazy world out there, you know? Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, you have faith that those ridiculous scenarios aren't going to happen. Occasionally they do. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they don't. So you can go living your life not having to fear the shark. Don't fear the shark, people. <laughs> don't fear the shark. Okay, yeah. At first, when you did say faith, I thought it was like in a religious context. I was like, what? I thought we just talked about <laughs> God not being a he and just like, all right, that makes more sense. The more, the, just, and it, I mean, it's also just logical, you know, you just, I think it would, you're trying to get out the faith. Um, it's not... I guess it's kind of a, a mechanism of your science and philosophy. Kind of. It's like yeah. you're meshing everything together and yeah. coming up with this thing. Yeah. Another word that people like to use is heuristics. It's a heuristic sort of way of thinking. But heuristic. Huh? Okay. When I say faith, I like to get people all roused up. Like, what? 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 <laughs> yeah, you definitely got me roused up. That's what I use that word. I never really heard that word before. Heuristics? Heuristics. Yeah. Heuristics. Maddie loves that word. Yeah. Oh, right on. Can't believe she didn't bring it up. No. No. Yeah, we were talking about words, too. And there's yeah. no, um, so I see, you know, you got your, your sciences, your, your logical, pragmatic uh, approach, and then philosophy, y'all, internal, and then faith, you know, what you're kind of doing throughout the day, and just, you know, is there any sort of crazy spiritual, um, uh, somewhat like enlightening, positive, or even neg- negative, uh, in their in, in your philosophy, in those little tri- trifecta things. Maybe I'm not asking the question right. I guess you could say. Is it faith more, or no? Probably the philosophy is more of the, uh, the, the self reflecting, yeah. soul journey type of ordeal. Right. Well, the, like, the, the, what happened with me was I came up with this idea that bio, or not, well, biodiversity is because of the genetics and all that, but yeah. just diversity in general is key to survival for anything. Yeah, yeah. And from that comes this idea that from diversity, you have to have, I, mean, so I guess you could call this negative because people would think, but I don't see it as negative. You have to have anarchy because anarchy is the vessel in which diversity can thrive. Thrive, right. Yeah. That's what we're yeah. looking for. yeah. Because anarchy is no government or no 
restriction on what you're doing. And yeah. most people see it as anarchy when you're rioting on the street, but what happens... Rebelling is... Right, just... what happens when you riot on the street is you're becoming a severe type of totalitarianism where mm-hmm. one guy has the power and he's making his minions riot in the street yeah. and make everyone cower. In that case, it's not anarchy. Right, it's no longer anarchy because the, the, the absence of that restraint yeah. got taken away by that dude mm-hmm. and his gang. So the anarchy is what needs to be there to let diversity do its thing. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. But also the paradox within that is that to have true anarchy, you have to let people make their governments because then what are you doing if you say, no, anarchy, go away. You've made your anarchy institutionalized and now yeah. you're putting that on them. Yeah. So the paradox is that with anarchy comes this self-destructive mantra that you have to let people be diverse and by being diverse they come up with capitalism and they come up with whatever that is socialism and mm-hmm. communism and all these things come about from that so there's your diversity all these different things so in theory or in practice i'm not sure which we are experiencing anarchy right now yeah and uh it's crazy how you kind of see where it's leading to because we have such a big government and people don't realize it and um, I forgot where I was getting with this, but yeah, a lot of people have a preconceived notion of anarchy as being rebellious and and going against the man and the system. And I can totally see that, but um, I wonder how that kind of was put in our brains. I guess from the movies that we saw, and just like just how they kind of like brought up about the media, yeah, the um, the way that you work with your newspaper. Do you believe that the old mythical Atlant- Atlantis was uh, somewhat of an anarchy state? I mean, to be considered guess, Atlantis? If it's utopian, there's always ideas and flickers of anarchy and utopia. Yeah. Like the way some people conceive of heaven as this place where you go with God and you're just yeah. kind of floating around, doing your thing. No one's telling you what to do. You're just happy. Like, there's anarchy in that. You don't have this government telling you yeah. what to do. You don't have these constraints on you from not necessarily always government but maybe from the planet you don't have to eat you don't have to shit you just do your thing yeah yeah anarchy so So people when they conceive of utopias have these little sparks of anarchy and then they don't realize that's what they're thinking of yeah yeah so you said we're we're experiencing anarchy now do you mean america or do you mean mean the whole world the whole world okay oh all right yeah so, you, what would you consider the United Nations? Can they're part of it. Collaborative. Can, they're collaborating and they're doing their thing. Yeah. If there was something that didn't let the United Nations be, like if there was this invisible being, we'll call it God, and every time we tried <laughs> to make government, God was like... How you doing, humans? Right? And then, like, disaster. So, the Egyptians yeah. couldn't become Egyptians because he flooded them out. He didn't like their government. Yeah. No more... Pharaohs, he didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Or then the Mesopotamians come and they start with their gods, and he's like, "No, don't like that. Let's brush fire you to the end of your civilization." That would be <laughs> an institution putting their will upon the people, trying to do what they want to do, which would negate the whole anarchy thing. Even though the whole purpose of the anarchy god is to get rid of all government. Yeah. Have you, uh, are you familiar, I'm not familiar, I vaguely read through it, uh, Aristotle's Republic, or Plato's, Plato's Republic? Some. Yeah. Um, well, I really much like, um, the idea of people needing to be educated in order to vote. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah? To a certain degree. I think yeah. that education needs to be less than it is. Less than it is? Like, the school, like, how... Like, public school should teach kids how to read and how to count. That's about it. Yeah, and then they do their own thing. And then they do their own thing. Yeah. And then you get all the perspectives instead of just the mindless perspective of what we have now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you just taught somebody how to read and how to count and maybe don't fuck with rattlesnakes (laughs) and then let them do their thing, they could come back with a completely different perspective that you didn't have or that... Billy Joe didn't have, oh, yeah, Billy Joe which didn't is have. what fosters the diversity, which is what you need. Mm-hmm. 
I want to do, I need to find a way, hopefully count me out about this. We have to tell people about cognitive dissonance first, I think, because I think that's what holds people's back into have a narrow mindset of just being comfortable in their their own thing that they were exposed to. So that's why they're a Christian Republican, which is a lot of people here in the world and are American. And that's not necessarily bad, but it's just so much more thriving when you get more information, more of that diversity you're talking about. And, and just be exposed to that to see how diverse the world is and how it's not only their perspective, you know? Yeah, I do yeah. know. How do you think we could do that? I think you can do that by letting Pardon? them be closed-minded Republicans. Because <laughs> what are you doing when you take away their closed-mindedness? Do you have the authority to say, I don't like what you're doing, let me get rid of that? No, I mean... I guess that's why we live in anarchy because I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> yep. No, I just but yeah, that's more of a. I mean. That's why yeah. anarchy is this self-destructive thing that can never be. Some yeah. people are like, yeah, anarchy. People will learn how to do it. No, people won't learn how to do it. Anarchy is just this philosophical idea. Yeah. That yeah, it'd be nice from what I'm thinking, and what I understand as right that those neocons would just go away, and let gay people get married and let black people have the same number of benefits that white people have in society. Yeah. That would be nice. I think that's right. But that's not to say that I'm 100% correct. I don't know why it wouldn't be, because the way I think of it, that's how it should be. They're humans. Treat them like humans. But very, maybe, very liberal of you. Right. <laughs> but maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah. And who am I to say, you, Republican, are bad. Let gay yeah. people get married. I want to change your brain. Yeah. Now, because oh, no, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> trying to do that. I do want to strip people from their belief systems so they can experience that cognitive dissonance. But uh, I, yeah, not not in like a very fascist way where I'm saying that is wrong. You shouldn't do that. Just right, you know, I just want people to be more open. You know, but um, you know, I totally get what you're saying about that. It's just they're doing their own thing, and then we do our own thing. Right, and for and all things. I know, they've thought about it as much as me, and they think that that's the right thing yeah. to do. And you know what it is too? Um, colloquialism or communication competence. Because we can talk about the same thing just with our own word right. choices, our own language, our own yeah. lingo. And people will talk about the same thing but their own and lingo they, and context. arguments that they think they're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I think that's what a lot of, uh, oh man, religion is. A lot of religion, um, trying to understand God and knowing thyself is just being divided by a different terminology. And that different terminology is Catholicism, Christianity, Hinduism. And because, I mean, we have so many different languages, we're going to have so many different uh, colloquial expressions. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of a conflicting thing that happens to us humans. Yeah, it's hard for people to... And I mean, it works that way, too, because you don't want to just be so fluid. You can't stick to something like, don't touch that scorpion. <laughs> don't touch that really hot rock. Like, yeah. There's things you have to have ingrained in you so you survive the environment. And it goes from those genetics to your mind, the way you think. And that's why it's so both nature to, versus nurture, huh? You have to have a certain <laughs> level of cognitive dissonance because those things define who you are. You were able to learn the difference between poisonous and non-poisonous flowers or leaves or plants, and now you know how to pick the right ones that will keep you and your family alive. And if somebody comes to you and says, no, leave that alone. You don't know what you're talking about. Open up your goddamn mind. Would you be willing to do that? If you were the one in charge of picking those I do, things for your family? I do say learning the hard way is the most effective. But right, if I mean, so, learning no, the hard way but, is the most effective, but the hard way is losing your no, yeah. kid or no, losing no. your tribe. This is where the, the father out of you comes in, huh? No, yeah, I totally know what you mean. That's really good to uh, assist well, the younger generation and to have them better prepared for what's next. Oh, so yeah, there's yeah, a yeah, reason why there is a cognitive yeah. dissonance. I just, that's why yeah. there's always that resistance to the change, because humans yeah. have to be resistant to change. But, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah. You can be so resistant to change that you see a plant that you think is 
edible because it's mimicking an edible plant. Yeah. And you eat it, and you tell everybody else to eat it because you know 100% for a fact that it's the plant that you know you eat, but you, maybe you're on a different continent, and it, that one's poisonous on that continent, and it kills everyone. Yeah. You have to be... There's a certain level of flexibility in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the diversity comes in because people, individuals, only have a certain amount of flexibility. But as a collective human glob of humanity there's flexibility to a degree that has been unseen ever in the yeah, history of yeah, everything. Yeah. So maybe that tribe dies, but this tribe doesn't, and this tribe becomes America, and this tribe becomes Australia, and they have their ways of thinking, and they have their culture that's specific mm-hmm. to that region, so they can do the best they can to bring up their offspring and bring up the next generation of whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. yeah man. Seems like you got a lot of life figured out, huh? I do. I told you I had answers. <laughs> yeah, I told you I heard it. Oh, man. Just I can't wait till you get deeper. But no, yeah, that's good. You definitely uh, got some good... Um, you got a very good perspective. I like it. Very much so. Yeah. And when I say cognitive dissonance, and I want people to experience that, to just pass that threshold to experience more... Yeah, I'm not, it's, yeah, it's only it's with, good that they, yeah. what happens when you do? If you've been told that it's a sin to do this and then you do it, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. When you do it and you find out you're not going to be smoted. Yeah. And of course, you got to be smart about it. There's right. like so totally different levels of belief systems and cognitive dissonance. Right. I'm thinking more like if you're Jewish and you're told don't eat pork because yeah. God will smite you and then yeah. you're scared of it, you use your cognitive dissonance to never do that, maybe eat a fucking pork sandwich one day and then find out what happens. Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. I mean, well, maybe if they've never done it their whole life, they might get the shits. Yeah. They're not used to the pork. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I had a, a professor um, in my school and he, he told me that story where he, he wasn't Jewish. He, I forgot what he, what he was, but he was not allowed to eat pork and just one day he was in America and he tried it and he said that was the most delicious thing he ever had and, and uh, he said it took him a while to because he still felt guilty. He had, had a lot of guilty residue from that belief system of going against his religion or whatever he followed of not eating pork. But he said after a while, he had a dream where it was like, like, no, I mean, you're human to experience this world. You can do whatever you want. And he said, yeah. oh, that was God talking to him, saying, it's okay. And just, um, that's, that's what I want people to feel, that, that liberating, more expansive effect of cognitive dissonance once you pass that threshold yeah, but um but, but don't cognitively dissonate yourself to kill someone yeah yeah or try to right or like breathe underwater right like yeah, yeah. Certain things you can't yeah do. you gotta <laughs> still survive i know that's probably a, we have to put a disclaimer on here because some people <laughs> do that in the world just like, i'm trying to just because cognitive dissonance and just i don't have to breathe air god damn it i'll breathe water <laughs> yeah yeah, so disclaimer, you guys, disclaimer. Oh, man, I feel like this would keep going on and on. What else you got for us? Anything you got to l- let go and just vent out in the world and just express? I hate Star Wars. I think that's Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars is Star awesome. Wars. No, I hate it. Why do you hate it? Because it has potential to be such a good story, and it's not. It's just clean-cut, good versus bad, black versus white. Yeah. Rotting versus living. Yeah. And I don't like that. It's too, you don't like that? It's too clear. You don't like any of the Star Wars? It's just a... I like the idea of Star Wars. It's fun. And, like, the lightsabers are cool and the space fighting is cool and all that. Yeah. And the third ones were just awful. Yeah. I mean, the... The, third, I the, the very last one, two, one that came out... Bad. The uh, very last one, number seven, was it's fun. I liked it. It was good, but I like... I hate how it was exact replica of... Oh, the first one? The first yeah. one. And it's just like... Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, I mean, I can see why they did that. An exact replica. <laughs> but yeah, it's an exact replica. They could have changed, like, man, like, they gotta, they're running out of ideas. Yep, they are. But movies. I mean, even that one, even the first one, wouldn't it make more sense to you that because of all this Jedi and Sith stuff that was going on in that galaxy and it caused all this upheaval and everything, once Darth Vader threw the Emperor down the tube and he exploded into lightning balls, wouldn't the world or the galaxy just say, you know what, all use guys, all use Sith, and all use Jedi, fuck up our galaxy all the time. We're just going to kill all of you. <laughs> and so wouldn't it make more sense that the First Order 
was after both Jedis and Siths because anyone who could do that is just going to fuck up their galaxy and blow up their planets and stuff. So they want to get rid of all of them. Yeah. Not just First Order is the Sith again. Well, I mean, That's it's... what I mean. Like, it's such potential and it's such crap. You gotta talk to uh, you gotta talk to the creator of no, Star Wars. It's just yeah, it's his doing. I hope I never meet that guy. <laughs> like I'm gonna give you a piece of my mind. What the fuck did you do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so just little things like that that they could have done so much better if they just tweaked it just a little bit. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean, does it stop you from doing it? You can tweak your own. Yeah, I will. Yeah. One of these days. Is there a? Is that like a? Counterfeiting of a story of yeah. If I just made my own Star if Wars, if you just did it your own segue, it's like you know it becomes you so much know better. How to do your Star Wars. I'm yeah. gonna do my Star Wars. Better. You guys did it good in the beginning, but uh, you guys fucked up and it's just yeah. That'd be copyright infringement, <laughs> intellectual property. Oh man, I have to call it something else. I'll have to call it War Stars. War Stars. <laughs> I like it. I like it. War Stars. Oh man. Well, I hope you do that because. It already sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Star Wars sucks. So, awesome. We could be expecting war stars from Mikey here. Potato Couch Mike. Where Potato can they follow couches. you? You can follow me. I just made my own Twitter yesterday at Potato Couch Mike. And we have a website, potatocouches.com. We, I do my own podcast where I just talk about nerdy, crappy stuff. Or whatever anybody else wants to talk about. I don't care. Yeah, 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 that's the beauty about podcasts. You that's, can yep. go wherever you want to go with it. That's where that's our, our podcast is. It's just people getting around in a circle and talking about whatever we want, and we yeah. just record it. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, well, I have to thank um, Potato Couch's podcast for this tribute. Did my own little segue of my own little podcasting segment, whatever you want to call it. But um, It's your own podcast show. My own podcast show. Practice Perspective Podcast, where I practice my perspective with potato couches. <laughs> so I've done some guests, some guest um, episodes on your guys' and it, yeah, it was good, yeah. good stuff. Check All it right. out. Well, thanks for joining uh, the Practice Perspective Podcast. I guess that's it. Was it was fun. Right on. Tell me till you hear thy name, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh.